0: It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories.
1: I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: With what is happening down at the state house, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not.
0: Today's current opinions and ideas.
1: I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our body.
0: Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today's strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. We are in the third founding of this great American republic. People are waking up and realizing that uh, just what's at stake. Uh, and that's why we do this show, is to search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, as we look at this, it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property, their freedom, or their livelihood via force, whether with a, shall I count them off, producer Steve, Do weapon, it. policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, and the globalist elite's agenda.
2: Well, we make mention that that list has grown from three to six, and it only is a indicator of what the last 18 months of turmoil have brought to you know to our to our shores yeah, to, to <laughs> what what we see in everyday life
1: I know it and uh, and I'm grateful that the veil is off we understand what's going on uh, we have a, a big task here in front of us but uh, great show plan for you we've got a, a change in the second hour uh, and uh Uh, Josh Dunn is not going to be able to join us, uh, but Greg Lopez, who is a Republican candidate for governor here in Colorado, will join us. So that will be great. Uh, I get to work with an amazing group of people, and that is producer Steve and Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Uh, It is just a great honor, producer Steve, to work with all of you.
2: Well, and uh, maybe we should we we should have done this earlier in the week. But a tip of the hat to Keith on that list cause he did have to spend a few days in the hospital for uh, some you know pre- prevention i guess is the best thing i can think of but he's back home, and he's doing his thing. He's still part of the team.
1: I, I tell you, it's amazing. Uh, we get a text message that he's at the hospital, and, and for the component of what he takes care of, he said, I'm going to have them bring my computer so I can take care of it. And we're all like, just take care of yourself. We can wait to get the podcast up a couple of days. But uh, it's, just, it's just a testament to the, the great team that we have here, Steve. I mean, it's pretty amazing.
2: He's a great guy. I, he doesn't get to the station very often because he also does uh, work for engineering. So he's out at the transmitter sites from time to time. But he's his sense of humor is awesome.
1: <laughs> uh, so anyway, good, uh, prayers for him for continued uh, healing on all that. Check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. We uh, only send one email a week on Sundays unless there's some some extent, uh, some other circumstance that would require that. But sign up, you'll get first look at our upcoming guests, as well as our most recent essays, our most recent podcasts. And it is amazing to me the amount of interest in these essays. I was looking at Alan Thomas's the other day, and he had 4,200 likes on that. And that was the one on states uh, state sovereignty versus federal government. I mean, it's just remarkable, Steve.
2: Yeah, I'm just, I'm sorry, I was just a uh... Checking on another story here that hopefully you're going to talk about soon.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. Uh, I'm getting close to caught up. I'm still behind on just a couple of uh, days on that. So I'm working on that. And thank you to all of you who support us. Uh, we are an independent voice. And I greatly appreciate you and all these great sponsors that I get to work with. We did record our interview for Sunday for America's Veteran Stories with, he just recently uh, retired, Marine Lieutenant General Louis Craparada. And uh, Paula Sarles also uh, was was on the conversation as well. But uh, that will air this Sunday, 3 to 4 p.m. And uh, while we're talking about Marines uh, at the um, USMC MC Memorial out at Sixth and Colfax on Memorial Day at one thirty. There will be a ceremony um, honoring uh, Memorial Day. And I highly recommend during that weekend, at some point in time, stop, reflect on those that have given everything so that we can live in liberty. But that is why, my friends, we have got to step into this moment in history and protect what they sacrificed for, and so at some point in time, just stop and remember. But highly recommend you join us all at one thirty out at the um, U.S. Memorial out there at Sixth and Colfax. Steve.
2: Yes, uh, you. You both uh, got into this thing about Memorial Day, and you and you. <laughs> you mentioned my thing about the uh, merchandisers <laughs> uh you having Memorial Day sales and another major one popped up a nationwide Presence merchandiser I'm not going to give them uh you know any mention <laughs> here but again it just drives me crazy this is not what Memorial Day is about call it the summer sale early summer sale call it whatever you want just don't call it the Memorial Day sale I
1: know I know uh, but um So what we do as individuals is we stop and we remember. And uh, you can actually help support the memorial. Paula and her team is working on um, raising money to remodel that. And so you can make a donation or you can buy a brick to honor a loved one for uh, their service to our country. And more information is at USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That is USMCMemorialFoundation.org. Our guest, our featured guest in this first hour is Cheryl K. Chumley, and she has written a book, uh, It's Locked Down, The Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom. So I thought it would be appropriate to do some socialism quotes. So the one at the beginning of the hour is Winston Churchill, and the one at uh, the close of the, the, the show is Alexis de Tocqueville. But this is what Winston Churchill said, and you know him. He was born in 1874. He died in 1965 was a British statesman, soldier, and writer. He was a prime minister of the United Kingdom from 1940 to 45, and again, 51 to 55, but he really led Britain through World War II. And he said this, he said, "'Socialism is a philosophy of failure, the creed of ignorance, and the gospel of envy. Its inherent virtue is the equal sharing of misery.'" And we are seeing that played out with uh, this current administration, Steve.
2: I hope you're not looking for an argument, because I've got none. Because it's just, and the more it goes on, the more you see, uh, and I'm almost hesitant to say, oh, could this be deliberate? And and you want to respond, no, surely the leadership is more attuned to the problems of the working middle class. But I'm not... I'm not buying my own more argument. More people, and,
1: they're, they're, they're really, either they're really incompetent or this is by design. And I don't think anybody could be this incompetent.
2: Well, uh, you know, the, the guys who took over for Rush Limbaugh were talking about this very thing yesterday. And, uh, you know, the the saying, this has to be, uh, you know, the, the in terms of the incompetence that we're seeing, it, it's just, it's too much to think that, yeah you know, okay back to go 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 back to uh Barack Obama saying he was going to fundamentally change uh the United States of America and nobody and and this is what they were saying on their show. Nobody stopped to ask what does that really mean what's he what's he talking about yeah and he, he for two terms he was there. I think the plan was for Hillary to continue, but obviously she got interrupted, so they come back and do what they did in in twenty twenty just to get it going again, just to keep this fundamental change going, but the fundamental change is nothing good
1: it is not good whatsoever and Steve, I've never mentioned this I don't think I've ever mentioned this to anybody speaking of Barack Obama, but do you do you remember all the colors of uh, you know his logos when he was running for president? did you ever realize that it really it wasn't that deep navy blue which is the blue of of um, of America, the American flag, it was a light blue. There were all these little things that I think that he did to just thumb his nose and disrespect the American idea. Another one, and somebody mentioned this to me, is um, President Reagan, this this is anecdotal, but uh, President Reagan always wore a suit and tie into the Oval Office because he respected the office so much. Now, we know how Bill Clinton respected the office, and we're not going to go there. (laughs) But um, then uh, you look at Barack Obama putting his feet up on the presidential desk.
2: How many pictures have were captured of him with his feet up on some piece of furniture in the Oval Office? In
1: the Oval Office. And I I also don't think that's by um, a mistake. I think that it was a thumbing his nose at the, disrespecting the American idea.
2: And contempt.
1: And contempt, yes. So speaking of that, um, we had a, a number of meetings yesterday, and I was driving in and I'm, I was thinking about this, that... Um, Colorado is broken, uh, and we can fix this. When we were talking with Representative Hanks the other day, he said, you know, we can fix this, and we can fix this. Donald Trump, whether or not you liked him or not, he came in and he said, we can fix this. And before the COVID-19 Wuhan China virus interruption that, that put the economy into a tailspin, The economy was doing great. Our unemployment rate was at historic lows. Historic unemployment um, lows for blacks, Hispanics, women. And we need to remember that this can be fixed. But uh, Colorado is broken. And just take a look at this piece from the Denver Gazette. I know that you want to talk about this, Steve, because uh, it's pretty amazing. Denver falls to number fifty-five in the annual Best Places to Live report. I think it's amazing we're at fifty-five with all the junk that's going on here in Colorado.
2: Yeah, the report comes. Uh, I guess it's maintained by U.S. News and World Report, and uh, you know the, who is the guy that they're quoting here? Oh, Stephen Byers. He says the message is out that Denver has big city crime and traffic problems, so they go from. Number 14 down to number 55. I I would really like to hear uh, Mayor Hancock's comments on that. Mm -hmm.
1: But you know what? We're number one in car thefts and bank robberies. Yeah. Mm -hmm so we're going to go to break um, when when we come back in the second segment that is where I feature candidates and any candidate that reaches out to me I will get them on the show and uh, the candidate that we'll be talking to today is Tim Reichert and he is running for uh, CD7 and so we'll chat with him about that uh, before we do that though Uh, Hooters Restaurants has been a great partner of mine uh, of of both shows for many years. And uh, they've got all kinds of great specials, lunch specials, and $9, $10, and $11 lunch specials. But they're really partners because... Of um, It's a freedom story. And so we decided to put that on the website. And it's a story about freedom and capitalism and free markets. So check that out. Uh, Hooters Restaurants, though, check them out for lunch Monday through Friday. They have specials and happy hour specials Monday through Friday. We will be right back with Tim Reichert.
3: Don't wait! Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881.
2: You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M O N S O N.
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. It should be a better idea that you can persuade people uh, regarding that. On the line with me is Tim Reichert, and he is a candidate for Congressional District 7. Tim Reichert, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you, Kim. Good to be here.
1: So first question, Tim, why would you decide to run for Congress?
4: Well, That's a great question. So I, uh, I grew up in the, in the 1970s, you know, high inflation, really stagflation, right, a stagnant economy. Uh, and as an economist, I've been watching this uh, decline of the American middle class for about 30 years. Um, I have this love for the middle class because I, I grew up in a lower middle class family. I saw what the inflation and the uh, you know the economic turmoil of the, of the 70s did uh, not only to, to my family but to you know families of our friends and folks in our community and so when i sold my last business in 2018 i was retired at about the age of 50 and i i thought you know i could make a a particular contribution here as an economist and so i'm running because i think that uh, the american middle class has been hammered for far too long by policies coming out of washington dc and we need to take our economic policy and and turn it toward what I think is one of the most important problems of our time, which is this erosion of the American middle class. We need to restore it.
1: And how specifically would you propose that we do this, Tim?
4: Well, a lot of different ways. You know, you can look at all these traditional pathways into the middle class that we've been closing off. So one of those is small business. Uh, we have about 200,000 pages now of uh, the Code of Federal Regulation. Uh, that is just the federal regs that apply to all of us, uh, but most particularly small business. And I think one of the things that most Republicans are uh, maybe hesitant to admit is that the vast majority of those regs were actually written by or lobbied for uh, by large corporations. So I say that we need small rules for small business, a separate regulatory framework written down on just a few hundred pages at the most as opposed to 200,000 so that an entrepreneur who wants to start a business in their garage like we used to be able to do 30 years ago can do that. Another way is uh, we make transactions in which a business owner, uh, including a rancher or a farmer, who sells their uh, business to their employees, that transaction should be tax-free so that there's a greater incentive for those sorts of transactions. Selling your business to your employees not only transforms the relationship between an employer and his or her employees, but it it creates more owners, right? We need more ownership because ownership is the antidote to socialism. We need more of it. We need to push it down and we need to spread it around. I mean, look at the Canadian truckers, right? These guys could resist because they owned their rigs, right? They own the means of production. So there's a couple of ways right there. Uh, obviously, we need to reshore manufacturing to the United States. I think we all know that at this point. Uh, but we need to complement that manufacturing with human capital. We need to have the right skill set here. We've been lying to the American people for you know probably 40 years that the, your path into the middle class requires you to go to college, and it doesn't. Uh, so we need vocational education in the 9 through 12 levels, and we need to expand the trades generally. Those are a few of the of the ideas in my uh, my middle class restoration plan. I could certainly go on, but um,
1: well, you uh, know what I've is, seen. Uh, well, a couple is, uh, of questions, Tim. First of all, I've learned big business and big government like each other, as you alluded to. Uh, they they put in all these rules and regulations, and then the big business uh, businesses have accountants and attorneys so that they can navigate around these rules, and it's ostensibly, I think, is to squelch the creativity and innovation, as you just mentioned, of the middle class. One thing, and I I find it interesting, intriguing about uh, if uh, a business person wants to sell their business, to their employees. I like that tax-free, but I also would like that uh, they could pass it on to their heirs tax-free as well um, because uh, somebody builds a business, I think they should be able to do with that. They pay taxes all through that time. So I think that they should be able to do with their business what they want tax-free and whether or not they sell it to employees or pass it on to their heirs. What's your thoughts?
4: Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. I've been making that same point on the campaign trail. Normally, the way I introduce that idea is I say, if you sell your business to your children or your employees, and I I say that because the family is, it really is, it sort of sounds trite, but it's the fundamental building block of our society, and and family business is really important because it, it keeps the means of production, it keeps economic power inside of the family as opposed to you know, that, that economic power leaking out. So, no, I, I agree totally. It's another thing that I've, I've proposed a number of times. So, okay. we're very much on the same page there, yeah.
1: Okay. Another thing, you mentioned bringing manufacturing back to uh, to America. And one of the reasons that I think that it's gone offshore is because labor has been cheaper in these other countries, but we continue to make labor more expensive here in America, it's it's more and more expensive for employers to hire employees because of taxes and fees and rules and regulations, and uh, so I think that that's that has to be addressed, uh, Tim Reichert.
4: Yeah, it very much does. That's why I bring up the 200,000 pages of the Code of Federal Regulation. But the, oh, there's there's a, a similar mountain of regulation at the state and the local level. I talk about my son, who's a small business owner in Thornton, Colorado. It took him, uh, you know, two and a half weeks, roughly, and several thousand dollars of legal fees just to get his arms around the regs that applied to him. And his business is a used couch business. So think about that. It's It's... it's just it was stunning to me to see how much this kid had to struggle to start a small business so yeah i agree completely you know one of the reasons to your point about wages uh you know we've had 40 years of wage stagnation in the united states and the primary reason for that is we've been moving this manufacturing base offshore that physical capital the amount of physical capital you have per worker is the thing that determines wages. So we've been increasing Chinese wages for 30 to 40 years. Meanwhile, uh, nominal, for some, for some demographics, nominal wages, before you even adjust for inflation, have been flat for that same 40 years. So, uh, you know, we need, we need to address that problem. We need to increase uh, wages for, for U.S. workers by reshoring and i think we do that in large part through tax policy There was a thing called the border adjustment tax that was originally in the the trump tax act as it was first proposed i had written a paper on it uh, advocating for it and pointing out that that, uh, it had a lot of very good characteristics Um, i I think we need uh, things like that to make foreign direct investment which is fancy talk for when you put that manufacturing capital in china to make that foreign direct investment harder to do and less economic as compared to investing here in the United States.
1: Um, Yes, I I, I think that, and and under President Trump, that was the first time that there had been real wage growth for American families because of the policies he he had put in place. Let's talk about a couple other things that are out there. Uh, Roe v. Wade, uh, the the leak that uh, this may be pushed back. It's not going to be overturned. Uh, that seems to be, I think, an incorrect narrative. What, in essence, it would do is take a look at it from a constitutional standpoint and realize that this is not something that that should be at the federal government level. It, it should be at the state level, and then in each of these states, I I, I think we need to work really hard to um, for pro life policies. Um, but uh, the first thing is is just pushing that back to the states. What's your thoughts on that, Tim Reichert.
4: Yeah, I agree with all that. I think there are two kind of overarching issues here. Uh, number one, you know, we've moved more and more toward a society, whether it's economics, right, or move toward a state corporate model uh, or how we approach uh, how we approach decision-making more and more toward a, um, a centralized uh, country, right? And so we've centralized so many of these decisions, including the decision regarding life. Uh, we've taken... This sort of decision making out of the hands of the people, uh, and what this what this court decision will hopefully do is push it to the states so that these things can be decided Democrat, Democrat, democratically. Excuse me. Uh, so I think that's crucially important. I think it's important for our party to to state it that way, right? We, we seem to be kind of running away from this and not wanting to talk about it. When in fact, I think there's a lot of really good things to talk about here. We shouldn't be afraid of it. And that's one. Right? We need more democratic decision-making, decision-making through the democratic process, because that's that's where the dialogue happens. You know, we're such a divided society. We cannot expect to, uh, to, to unify if we're not talking. And the best way to talk about difficult issues is through the democratic process. That's number one. Number two, you know, a lot of campaign consultants, uh, a lot of folks within the party would say, Oh gee, don't talk about this leak, you know. Uh, Tim, you should you should talk about economic issues because you're you're good at that. And um, I, I don't I don't fully agree with that. I I think that this this is a tremendous opportunity for us as a party to articulate why we believe in life, why we stand for life, and at the same time uh, present ourselves as we are, which is the party of compassion. Right? We're the party for the little guy, including. The very smallest among us, uh, and we're the party for women. You know, my wife and I have worked for decades uh, on behalf of women. We've we've funded crisis pregnancy centers, uh, we've funded women's clinics, clinics because we know that. And this is a terrible uh, indictment, I think, on on our our society and our economy, but. 72 percent of abortions occur because women feel that they cannot economically carry the baby to term. Uh, And as a party, we need to fix that. We just do. We've got to reach out to women and say, listen, we will take care of you and this child in ways that as a party we haven't done before, uh, because talking about a life here we're not talking about you know uh, economic policy or something that's abstract we're talking about something that's really deeply important
1: well and tim that does uh, connect back i was going to say circle back but i couldn't do a gin thing that that uh, actually connects back to the uh how expensive life has gotten because of all of this public policy so we're out of time tim reichert i do appreciate your comments on these things how can people get more information about you
4: yeah, so thank you. It's at uh, my my website, reichertforcongress.com, R-E-I-C-H-E-R-T, reichertforcongress.com.
1: Okay. Thanks for having me. And that is R-E-I-C-H-E-R-T for congress.com. Tim Reichert, thank you so much.
4: Thank you, Kim. Take care.
1: Okay, and uh, we're going to go to break, and we'll be right back.
5: If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516.
6: Medical freedom and personal choice are both sacred to comprehensive patient-first health care. At Roots Medical, our providers honor those rights diligently in every appointment. Located in the Denver Tech Center, Roots Medical is a functional primary care clinic with specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Establishing care with us is a text message away at 303-569-6794. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roots Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom.
7: Franktown Firearms owns their name and their word. They never compromise on their beliefs. They never go back on a promise, and they run their gun range the same way. Family-operated and family-friendly, Franktown Firearms doesn't answer to a corporate office. For multiple generations in business on the same property, they believe in the power of a handshake. Their team has fought to keep their range completely independent so they can go to sleep at night knowing they did it their way. Nobody would call this crew politically correct, but they treat their clients of all ages with respect and decency. They know you work hard for your money, too, so they count it an honor when you spend it with them. Stop in today and mention KLZ to get half off the initiation fee on any membership type and get access to the range after hours.
0: Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Americans' Veteran Stories with Kim Munson, Sunday afternoons at 3. Here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ
1: 100.7. Welcome back to the Kim Munson show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. And uh, one of the reasons that we are on the air is because I have amazing sponsors and I think this is the sponsor that has been with me the longest, and that is Karen Levine uh, with Remax Alliance. We've been friends for years and years. Karen Levine, welcome to the show.
8: Well, good morning, Kim.
1: <laughs> and thank you. You uh, are a sponsor of both the Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories, and. Uh, I just so appreciate that. But the other thing, Karen, I don't, you must not sleep because uh, you're an award-winning realtor, but all the work that you do on the local and and county, state, and national level for for home ownership, which is under assault right now, is amazing. So what can you tell us about home ownership here in the metro area uh, today?
8: Well, home ownership in the metro area today continues to be a challenge, um, With rising interest rates, obviously, that has made it more difficult for buyers uh, to get into the marketplace, and with appreciation at all-time highs, um, pricing is high, so there are challenges in that under $600,000 price range. Um, You have to be creative. You have to be willing as a buyer to bring it all to the table, and sometimes you don't know what that means, and that's when you need the help of a realtor we have some ways, you know, to make you stand out as a quality buyer and reduce the risk for the seller.
1: Well, and uh, as you say, coming to the table, that means being prepared. And, mm-hmm. of course, Lauren Levy, another great sponsor of this show, is a expert in the mortgage arena. And uh, so between the two of you, you can get people in a situation for success.
8: Exactly. And as is true in many um, parts of life, the more available cash um, you have, the more competitive you can be, and your biggest competitor out there are cash buyers, and we have the means to make you a cash buyer under a, um, quite a few circumstances um, that's an affordable option as well. And RE-MAX Alliance has come to the table and has that available um, through one of our lender sponsors. Um, here at Remax Alliance. So making you a cash buyer can also make you a stronger buyer. Not all buyers can fit into that category and they still need to look at traditional financing, whether that be a conventional loan, FHA or VA, but we can still get um, them into housing. It's just challenging because the competition continues to be abundant.
1: Okay, and if people are looking at a new build, I think this is so important uh, because you need to have somebody on your side of the table. And so, tell us just a little bit a bit about that, Karen.
8: Well, the new home construction arena has some great opportunities for buyers. I would say in that five hundred and fifty or plus price range. Um, It has been, in some instances, more easy to go into a new home construction environment and be a purchaser because the competition is handled differently. But builders and the people on site work for those builders and they represent those builders. They don't represent you. And sometimes you don't know what your options are. And so if you'll uh, engage me as your agent, and have me uh, come with you on your first visit. That's all a builder asks. Of course, I'm going to come with you um, at the time of contract and at the time of inspections and and make sure the right questions are asked because you probably have never bought a new home before. But there is some great inventory opportunity out there for people who want to be into new homes by year-end and um, I have great relationships with those builders in our marketplace.
1: And, uh, and it doesn't cost people anything, right?
8: No. I'm, the builder is going to pay um, my fee in most cases. There may be some cost to the buyer depending on the fee being offered. Um, but uh, that's something that we can negotiate and make sure that it's a win-win.
1: Okay. Karen Levine, what's your phone number?
8: My number is 303-877-7516 and would field any questions that anyone has or be willing to step in and help you with your home buying or home selling opportunities out there.
1: And again, that's 303-877-7516. And Karen Levine, you're going to be in studio next week with Lauren Levy.
8: We will be, bright and early.
1: Looking forward to it. So Thank you. Okay, and let's, uh, let's move over here to Cheryl K. Chumley. I am so excited to have her on the line. She's a Christian, conservative writer, author, and speaker. Uh, she's uh, the online opinion editor and host of Bold and Blunt podcast for The Washington Times. And she's written a book, Lockdown, The Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom. Cheryl K. Chumley, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. Well, it's great to have you. And uh, there'd been this romance uh, with socialism, but we're actually starting to see the real effects of what socialism is. And it's not about free stuff. It's, uh, It's really about control of our economy, control of our lives. Tell us about this book. Why did you decide to write this book, Cheryl?
9: Well, I wrote the book because for over two years in my position at The Washington Times, I wrote extensively and critically about the government's response to the coronavirus. As early on as April 2020, I penned a piece called The Coronavirus Will Go Down in History as the Biggest Political Hoax. And that wasn't to say that the virus itself was fake, but the government's overreach, the government's exploitation of Americans' fears to justify clampdowns on individual liberties, God-given liberties, by the way, uh, that was completely a strategy of the left. And so in my book, I cover some of the behind-scenes uh, discussions and debates and agendas that justified clamping down, or that the left used to justify clamping down on individual liberties. And more import- importantly, I look ahead at how the left is going to continue to use the coronavirus to piggyback into more uh, causes to continue to clamp down on individual liberties, and you can already see that happening in the news if you pay attention to, uh, you know, current events.
1: I think people are waking up, uh, and, and I think there's this real. Um, people that just want to live their lives, that maybe have not been paying attention. They say, I don't really get into politics, but we've realized politics is into you. But... Uh I think there's an awakening of what is happening and that's why I think it's almost like a, a double down right now with uh, the socialist agenda because people are waking up but I think that I think everyday people could not can't believe they can't th- get their brain around the fact that there are those that are in office uh, polit- politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties that really don't have our best interest in mind.
9: Yeah, I think you nailed it on both counts. <clears throat> Excuse me. I agree with you that I do believe American citizens are awakening to the big threat um, from the left. And in many instances, they're fighting back. One uh, one issue, of course, parents' parents' rights over what their kids learn in schools. And they've seen successes. In my state of Virginia, of course, and this was nationwide uh, reported, how largely Uh, parental rights became the, the sounding alarm for the election, and governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general all went Republican, and that's great. But on the other hand, I think that there is a deception still that is taking place where Americans who are generally good are being lulled into this idea that there is coming a a pre-pandemic normalcy and that if they just waited out long enough and they see signs here and there of a return to norms before the coronavirus hit, that all this will soon enough go away and American optimism and, and the spirit of America will rise once again. And in my book, sad enough to say, my research shows that that's not true. The left, and when I, when I talk about the left, I'm not talking about just Democrats in, in America. There, there's a force beyond America that is using this feckless Joe Biden White House to steamroll over America and put in place certain uh, socialist slash communist uh, slash Collectivist ideals into our economy, into our business structure, into our social structures, to make the socialist takeover permanent. And of course, you've heard the phrase, the Great Reset. You, you can, you can, uh, you, you can put that how you want the great reset but it is on the world economic forum's website and they describe how they're going to bring about this new world order one world order or as joe biden puts it build back better it's all one and the same they call it something different but it has america uh right in its targets and the big fear here for american citizens the big peril is that joe biden is right in line with, the, with these plans it, it is it's
1: it's um it's very concerning, Cheryl. I've heard from a number of listeners, and I've done some research on it. I, um, and that is regarding this meeting at the UN next week, that there would be an agreement that basically would put the World Health Organization in charge of decision making regarding pandemics, and ultimately that would be taking over the sovereignty of the U.S. healthcare system. Now. It's not It's not constitutional, it's not legal, but have you heard anything about that at all, Cheryl?
9: I've heard the same as you and your listeners, and, you know, as for it not being constitutional, not legal, well, you know what, back under Barack Obama... There were so many bold moves made by the executive branch that were just, uh, you know, starkly unconstitutional, and yet they got shoved through in many respects. And this is the new left. This is how the left is getting things done. It'll shove through unconstitutional, even immoral, uh, even illegal measures. And then they'll wait for the courts to vet them. And in the meanwhile, they'll get little wins here and little wins there, and they're able to make the goalpost a little bit farther Mm -hmm. down the field towards socialism. So the the left, you you can't rely on the left to self-police itself because this new left and Joe Biden, I do believe, is being influenced by not only Barack Obama, but the same forces that Barack Obama partnered with in in the globalist movement. You you can't rely on on the Democrat Party today to self-police or self-regulate and certainly not restrain itself. They care little for the law. They care little for the Constitution. Uh, Just look at the disinformation governance board. That thankfully um, is being pushed back. They reeled that in, but that's not to say they're still—they're not going to do it still. Right. It just says we're not going to be as open about it. So we have that to watch out for. Uh,
1: definitely. What about Republicans? As I've looked at what's happened out here in Colorado. Uh, there are Republicans that have uh, said, oh, we, we need to reach across the aisle and we can't talk about these issues, these important issues that are important to people. we got to have bipartisanship. And as I've looked at it, there are Republicans that have reached so far across the aisle, they're on the other side of the aisle. What do you think?
9: Exactly. And, you know, that's why uh, Donald Trump. Uh, rose to the top and won the White House, because Americans saw that. They knew that. They would elect what they believed was a conservative, uh, um, a Tea Party type of Republican, only to go to Capitol Hill and suddenly uh, collaborate with the Democrats. And pretty soon, the Democrats were just passing their agendas, even with white house uh, majority i mean even with republican majorities in in congress and so this is the problem in america now it's we're past the point sad to say we're past the point of civil discourse you can't have a civil discourse with the nutcases that are dominating the democrat party now they're just bold uh faced socialists and communists and a lot of them have mental disorders uh, look look at look at their willingness to take to the streets and throw Molotov cocktails at police cruisers or smash Storefront windows or take over whole streets in, in, uh, communities in Washington and declare them off, off limits to police. Look at them now outside the U.S. Supreme Court justices' homes, uh, furthering your deceptions about what the justices want to do with Roe v. Wade. So you can't have civil discourse. And those Republicans who still think they can work with Democrats in office, you know, kudos to them for wanting to go that path. But we're past that now. We need some strong, uh, principled conservatives willing to fight. And again, that's why Donald Trump, that's why Ron DeSantis are doing so well still.
1: Cheryl Chumley, this is absolutely fascinating. And this book uh, that you've uh, re- recently written, "Lockdown: the Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom, a very important book. Let's go to break, uh, and then we'll come back with Cheryl Chumley. Before we do that, though, the nonprofit that I am supporting, and there's so many great ones out there, but it is the USMCMemorialFoundation.org, and they are raising money to um, remodel the Uh, Marine Memorial out at Sixth and Colfax. And my friends, as we're looking at these issues, socialism, all these issues, we have had people... That have given their lives fighting for so fighting socialism, fighting communism, and we need to remember their stories. And that is why the remodeling of this uh, memorial is so important. And you can help them. You can go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org, usmcmemorialfoundation.org. You can donate, you can buy a brick uh, for one of the walkways uh, and honor one of your loved ones and their military service. And on Memorial Day, one thirty, I guess it really starts about one forty five, but get out there about one thirty. Uh, they're going to have a, a very important ceremony, and so be sure and uh, check that out. We're going to go to break. We'll be, we will be right back with Cheryl K. Chumley.
10: Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no obligation initial consultation at ThreePointsFinancial.com. That's ThreePointsFinancial.com.
11: Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson. That's monso
1: Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's KimMunson.com. Dot com Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at kim at com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And and uh, one of the things that uh, has to live on force is socialism and communism because they're terrible ideas. And Cheryl K. Chumley... Christian conservative writer, author, and speaker. Uh, she's the online opinion editor and host of Bold and Blunt podcast for the Washington Times. Uh, she's written a book, Lockdown, the Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom. Uh, Cheryl K. Chumley, what do we Americans do about this? I, I think th- these elections are so important uh, and this is I mean this is we say it almost every every election cycle now but I think this is one of the most uh, important elections of our of our lifetime coming up this 2022
9: I know we, we do say that all the time but honestly this election is extremely important in the midterms because we need to have people on Capitol Hill that will reel back uh, Joe Biden's agenda and at least stand up and stay strong and um, out his agenda. Make sure the American people know how the joe biden agenda plays into the designs of the globalists and the communists and so we definitely need people uh voting and getting out and and reeling back the democrat party because the democrats are not democrats okay they're not the jfk democrats they're not even the bill clinton democrats punching as much as i didn't like his policies or morals i don't think he hated america this democrat party hates america and wants to change the foundation so voting of course is important then where you put your money that's important too if you donate to political uh campaigns and parties sometimes it may be better to donate to these nonprofits that do the hard bulldog pitbull fighting uh, on behalf of the Constitution. Judicial Watch does amazing work, right? Half the stuff we find out about the Democrats and their sneaky communist designs comes because of FOIA requests put forth by Judicial Watch. Liberty Institute does an amazing job of fighting for our foundational uh, religious freedom rights. And whether you are a believer or whether you are an atheist. In America, the foundation of of all our individual rights is the idea that they come from God, not government. So fighting for religious freedom in America, it, it works for everybody, no, no matter what your religious belief is. So that, that's two quick, um, you know, quick can-dos. And, and one other... It, get involved in office. My my most recent book before this lockdown one was called Socialists Don't Sleep, Christians Must Rise or America Will Fall. And that was just a, a banner call for Christians to stop huddling in the church community and get out in the secular world and take over these local school boards, local boards of supervisors, city council, and make your voice heard. Campaign on things like transgender uh, issues in the public school system are crazy. And watch people come out and thank you for taking a common sense stand and fight against, for instance, the LGBTQ agenda that's you know infecting our, our children's youth. Uh,
1: well, very important. and also people can support the Kim Munson show. I appreciate that as well because we are uh, we are taking a stand here as we search for truth and clarity in this crazy time. Now it's it's nuts out here. Uh, in Colorado, Cheryl. And in fact, I think Colorado is broken. In fact, the um, Denver Gazette just reported that uh, last year, Denver was noted as number 14 as uh, the best place to live, or one of the best places to live in America, and they dropped to 55. And so it is so important that we elect these grassroots candidates. We've got great grassroots candidates uh, running for Many of the different offices, because we can fix this. I think that's the thing with the radical activists that have taken over the Democrat Party, is they want to say this is the new norm, and it doesn't have to be the new norm. But we have to stand up and engage in this battle of ideas, Cheryl.
9: We do, and I should say that the most important thing we can do for the long-term um, success of America is to start getting back in church and start teaching our kids the link between church and American freedoms. It's in our DNA. The whole reason our nation was founded was because of a quest for religious freedom. And then when the government was penned, when it was designed, it was it was penned in a way that it, it listed our individual rights as coming from a Creator, and government only being there to preserve and and maintain those rights. And that is the proper role in America: God first, government under, uh, government in a role of subservience. And so, if we don't have people with knowledge of God, how can we have people in America that understand, acknowledge, and insist on our rights coming from God? So. To me, that's the long term success, uh, recipe for success, right there.
1: Uh, I agree. I think that it is very important. Uh, and uh, I really think that this whole LGBTQ, transgender, this whole agenda is a belief system, it has become a religion. Uh, of the far left. And it is a religion that they have been teaching in our schools. And the one of the silver linings of the COVID lockdowns was that parents now can see what has been happening in school with curriculum and parents are waking up. We must protect our children. And um, I, I think that that is a silver lining of the lockdown, Cheryl.
9: I do too, and you know, for for too long parents have just sent their kids to school and then gone off and and done their own work thing, and with families uh, being as they are nowadays, we don't even have commonplace family dinners where everybody gathers around the dinner table and more so many parents would go months without understanding what their kids were doing doing in school or learning in school unless they made the purposeful reach out to look through their textbooks or uh, you know ask the pertinent questions and being forced To be home with kids for over a year and see online what they were actually learning was a wake up call to so many parents. And that is the silver lining of the coronavirus. Uh, I think it's probably the only one I can think of (laughs) with with all the lockdowns, but that, that has awakened so many parents and you know, especially moms and when moms get angry, right? Watch out because they're, they're going to move mountains. And uh, I'm so happy to see that actually happening. In America.
1: Well, and I had uh, worked on some school board elections and uh, just saw that this hole that the teachers' union had over. Uh, the the um, government run schools and the curriculum didn't realize at that time what that curriculum totally was but I did see that our kids were falling behind that they weren't learning reading writing arithmetic literature civics you know all those exciting things um, and I I started to wonder how can we ever break this this cycle of control. And again, uh, you and I agree, it's that silver lining of the COVID lockdowns. Uh, there's, um, I think the good Lord works in, in very mysterious ways sometimes, Cheryl Chumley.
9: <laughs> yes, what they mean for evil, he, he works for good. So, um, you know, Ron DeSantis put in, in place a really good law that should be replicated across America and mandating public schools to teach the evils of communism. And I think that's a great idea.
1: I think that is a great idea as well, Cheryl K. Chumley. We have just a minute left. How would you like to button up this uh, this show?
9: Well, if if people listening and wondering what can I, you know, in, in my own individual capacity, do, just fight. Everybody has different ways of fighting. Just draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, government's not crossing this line, and we're going to keep intact our individual liberties, our God-given liberties, and then let God guide you how to fight. Some people go in office. Some people uh, petition government. Some people just speak up against their neighbors when their neighbors uh, are loony Democrats. But whatever, Whatever you can do in your capacity, America's worth saving.
1: But everybody must do something. Each one of us yeah. must do something, Cheryl K. Chumley.
9: I agree completely.
1: <laughs> okay. And uh, again, uh, it is a very important book, and that is um Down, the Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom. So Cheryl K. Chumley, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. God bless. God bless you, too. And our quote for the end of the show is from Alexis de Tocqueville. And he said this. He said, democracy and socialism have nothing in common but one word, equality. But notice the difference. While democracy seeks equality in liberty, socialism seeks equality in restraint and servitude. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well Live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America.
0: it's the kim monson show analyzing the most important stories
1: i find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas and it takes work to engage in these
0: conversations The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not.
0: Today's current opinions and ideas.
1: I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our body.
0: Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show, Hour 2. So appreciate you joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. And I get to work with a great team. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Jen, Charlie, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Thursday to you, producer Steve.
2: Thankful or thankfully Thursday.
1: It is. Depending it's both. <laughs> on how you look at it, yes. And uh, yeah, because tomorrow's Friday. Um, check out our website. That's Kim Munson, dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at kim at kimmunson.com, and thank you to all of you who support us. And yesterday, we recorded our America's Veteran Stories that will broadcast this Sunday, 3 to 4 p.m., and we uh, recorded that with retired Marine Lieutenant General Louis Craparata. And, of course, Paula Sarles joined us as well. And she is uh, working to raise money for the USMC Memorial out there in uh, 6th Avenue and Colfax. And uh, so be sure and check out our show on Sunday, 3 to 4 p.m. And join us on Memorial Day. Uh, get out there about 1.30 for the ceremony for Memorial Day. Uh, I think that that's going to be something very special, Steve.
2: Yes, and it's uh, you know, very fitting because of, you know, the, the day that it is, but also what they're trying to achieve out there at 6th and uh, Colfax, right? Right. And, yeah, I, I'm thinking that if, you know, uh, the situation is, comes together properly, I, I would like to be there.
1: Yes, I hope, and I will be there. I'm planning on it. And uh, we need to stop sometime during that weekend, uh, Memorial Day is the perfect day to do it, and remember those that gave their lives so that we can live in liberty, so that we can live with this great American dream. And so it's just just something to stop, reflect, and uh, show respect on that. Uh, let's see. Let's go to our quote for today. And uh, a great segment in the first hour with Cheryl K. Chumley regarding her new book, Lockdown, The Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom. And so I thought it was appropriate to have a a quote about socialism. And so I went to uh, Winston Churchill, born in 1874. He died in 1965. He was a British statesman, soldier, and writer. And he was prime minister of the United Kingdom during World War II. From 1940 to 1945, he was the man for the moment. For sure at that time. And also he was a prime minister 1951 to 55. And he said this. He said, socialism is a philosophy of failure. The creed of ignorance, the gospel of envy, its inherent virtue is the equal sharing of misery.
2: You know, I thought when you read that in the first hour, the equal sharing of misery, except for the proponents, except for the the John Kerry. Yeah, the elites at the people at the top. No misery there.
1: No misery there, and they use they're using um, climate change as the lever to influence all of the public policy uh, that's changing our lives. They say you uh, there's different states, and I, I, now I can't remember if they passed it or just talked about it here in Colorado, but basically would say that you could no longer have a natural uh, a gas range. Well, who are they to say to take away that that choice? And of course, fossil fuels as Rick Turnquest says, is one of the bedrocks, the foundations of this big middle class because it's affordable, reliable, efficient, and abundant energy. And they want to take that away.
2: All I can say is I do most of the cooking at our house and you're not getting my gas cooktop.
1: But when you have to replace it, what they want to do is take away your choice to replace it with one. Yep. And uh, so again, if it's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. But they're using, as as you mentioned, they're use or I mentioned this. They're using climate change as the lever to influence all of this government policy. But if climate change was real, why is Barack Obama buying beachfront property? Why is John Kerry flying around on a jet that is fueled by fossil fuels? Private jet. A private jet. Yes.
2: yes. So. You know what it comes down to when they, whether it's uh, climate change. Uh, this what's going on with the supreme court and abortion you you the challenge to us is to go out and learn as much as you can about that topic to see where they're blowing smoke and you know if there's anything that's really real is there a there there as you say
1: well and so the globalist elites agenda let's go let's go to our list Uh, As we look at these issues, we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. If it's a good idea, you should be able to persuade people that it is a really good idea. But, my friends, it's not compassionate. We were talking with um, Todd Watkins, who's running for sheriff uh, down in El Paso County. He's a former border agent. And so there's this... The radical activist left has said, it's compassionate to have an open border so that these children can come to America. Well, come to find out, 60,000 kids then have disappeared. We know that kids are being trafficked. So what's compassionate about that? Nothing. What it actually is doing is invading our country. We don't know who's coming across that border. But it's never compassionate to take people's rights, property, freedom, or livelihood via force whether with a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or these globalist elites' agenda for what, the, how they think that we should live our, our lives. We should all be these little minions, and they should be these elites. And we live in little cracker box apartments and ride a train or a bus or a bike or walk while they flit uh, around all over the world. Uh, and that is not the way it's supposed to be. The American idea unleashed this great big middle class where everyday people could go after their hopes and dreams. They could pursue their life, their liberty, and their pursuit of happiness. It is under attack by people that are occupying offices and bureaucracies here in America. We're waking up. It is so important that we elect these grassroots candidates here in Colorado because there are Republicans that have reached so far across the aisle, they're standing on the other side of the aisle. And we see what has happened. Colorado is broken, but we can fix it. Uh, and uh, just on that note, Colorado is broken. Do you want to highlight, a low light this, or do you want me to low light this, uh, Steve, about our, uh, our standing in America as one of the best places to live?
2: Well, you know, the funny thing is, uh, this is a, a list that's maintained by U.S. News and World Report. But the actual report on the report is coming to us from the Denver Gazette. And they're not shy here. Uh, the the bottom line is that in the list of best places to live last year, Denver was number fourteen. Tell us where it is this year.
1: Number fifty-five. Hmm. And but we are number one in uh. car thefts, and we're number one in bank robberies.
2: Wow, that's that's something to strive for, I guess.
1: And the crime rates are going up significantly. Crime that um, crime rates have gone up twenty-eight percent over the last decade here in. In Colorado, and so under this Polis administration, Hancock, we realize Colorado is broken, but we can fix this.
2: Well, the, your words just now, but the Denver Gazette is not shy about going after Polis and Hancock, is saying, "Okay, this is this is on your watch, guys." Yeah, it is on on their watch.
1: Um, one other thing I wanted to mention, and that is, this is, uh, oh, it says it's from Google. Hmm, by Harry Lee. Says, according to data released by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, okay, did you just get that? This was released by the CDC. Higher COVID 19 case rates have been recorded among fully vaccinated children than unvaccinated in the age group 5 to 11 since February. Okay, let's connect a dot. Parents, should we be uh, vaccinating these little kids that are not at risk? Uh, of getting COVID. And then we're realizing, and, and Dr. Jack had mentioned this, that uh, you have what's called disease enhancement. Once you get the vaccine, what that means is the disease has a more of an opportunity to uh, for you to contract that. So uh, we need to connect the dots and say, no, we don't need to be vaccinating children. And of course, the um, uh, FDA actually said that you could vaccinate kids starting at the age of five. So parents, we need to say no. We need to say no. We need to understand what is going on out there. So let's go to break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to have Greg Lopez in studio here in just a minute. I think he's uh, actually calling into another show right now, but he'll be in studio in just a few moments. So we're going to go to break and we'll be right back.
2: That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com.
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, if it's a bad idea, then that's when you have to use force. So we need to realize that socialism is not about for, uh, socialism is not about free stuff. Free stuff is just the carrot to get you to vote for socialism. So remember how important these elections are. And we'll be talking with Greg Lopez. He is a Republican candidate for governor here in Colorado. Uh, and uh, he'll be here in, in just a few moments. And then, of course, the last segment of uh, the show, uh, we we want to hear from you. What's on your radar? And the phone number is 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. Uh, so let's go through a few of these headlines. First of all, just um, want to reiterate, the Denver Gazette is reporting this, but it's from a U.S. News and World Report, and that is Denver plunged to number 55 as one of the uh, annual list of best places to live. And last year, we were number 14, So, but we're number one in car thefts, and we're number one in bank robberies. Thank you, uh, Jared Polis and um, Mayor Hancock.
2: Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> And what's not only the issue with uh, car theft, but um, catalytic catalytic converters, yes. Uh Um, So, yeah, we we got it going on here.
1: Yes, we got it going, that's for sure. Uh, Next thing, this is from the Epic Times and uh, says that most Americans want strict limits on when women may obtain abortions, according to a new poll conducted by the. Trafalgar, would you say, group, Uh, days after that leaked draft majority opinion indicated the Supreme Court was poised to strike down Roe versus Wade. And I'm not sure that I would say it's a strike down. What they're going to do is push that back to a state decision. So I I think it's important that we get the right words on that statement. Well,
2: that's the way the major media is couching this. They want everyone to believe that they're set to strike it down, eliminate it. But they won't tell you about what's really happening, is to turn it back to the states. Right. That's the part that's left out, and that's the part that so many people are basically clueless.
1: Right. And so we need to continue to to make sure that people understand that. And it says goes on to say, it says, The poll results come as Americans await the Supreme Court's ruling in Dobbs versus Jackson. Uh, or Jackson Women's Health Organization. The draft first reported May 2nd indicates the court will use the Mississippi case to, and again, they say strike down, but that's not correct, to um, push it back to the states, the Roe v. Wade decision, which was made back in 1973. And I find this very interesting. Was it yesterday we were talking about, I thought we talked about it on the air. Maybe we didn't, that the radical activist left is messaging to their their uh, workers that uh, don't be using the term uh, coat hangers uh, that the narrative that they've been using regarding abortion just isn't flying, and uh, and I think the reason is is most Americans are not comfortable with aborting children uh, and for sure in, in, in late into the the pregnancy and here in Colorado um, these Democrats passed house bill twenty two uh twelve seventy nine which says that you can abort a child basically as they are in the birth canal. Can you believe that, Steve?
2: Well no, and this this war uh, war on words or playing with words, however you want to describe that. this has been in their uh, game book for from day one, always finding other ways to describe. Uh, the horrific nature of what's really happening here, and you know, just make it sound more palatable. I mean, even the term "planned parenthood" is a misnomer.
1: Yeah, because because uh, because of what they're doing is getting rid of parenthood. But again, the battle of the narrative, language, words matter, and that's why we have to be so careful with that. Speaking of words. Uh, The New York Post has reported that Biden puts disinfo Mary Poppins on ice and scraps the Orwellian, uh, uh, well, uh, let's see, it was what, the DGB, the uh, Disinformation Governance Board. There's been such a backlash, my friends, with uh, us understanding what this was going to do regarding freedom of speech. But unfortunately, it will be back. It won't be, uh, we won't be able to see it quite for what it is. It'll be much sneakier because they realize the American people do want, excuse me, freedom of speech. And so, but it will be back. It'll come back uh, just a a little bit more under the radar, producer Steve.
2: Well, okay. The whole issue of the battle of the narrative, what, what has made it so intense in the last 25 years or more is the fact that there's such a large portion of the electorate, American citizens who are uninformed. So we got to use this narrative to grab their attention in a in a twenty second soundbite, even though they're they're not really aware of what what is behind the topic. What what is what is the real issue here?
1: Well, and and I think that we're becoming better at better at that. I was I was driving into meetings yesterday, and I thought about it, and I. I Colorado is broken. As we look at all of the important issues across the spectrum, Colorado is broken. But it doesn't have to be this way, Steve. We can fix it. But that is why we must elect these great grassroots candidates that have stepped forward to run for office, Steve.
2: Um, maybe this is premature here because you know Greg's not ready to, to be with us quite yet. But I'm discussing it with another uh, guy here at, uh, at KLZ. Jared Polis obviously is looking for another term because it goes with the first term. But is he really, really interested in executing that term or does he just want a stepping stone for, you know, where the White House? And I wonder, you know, if we make that point that, you know, here's a guy. I don't know that he's really, really interested anymore. He's just going through the motions. I I,
1: I don't think that he ever was. I think that he was imported into Colorado to prepare for higher office. And uh, we see what those policies have done to Colorado. We certainly don't want to have those policies uh, in America. Of course, we have somebody that is putting those policies forth in the in America right now that's in the White House, and we can see that it's breaking. America is broken as well, but it doesn't have to be this way, Steve. We can fix this. Uh, speaking of broken, how about that baby formula shortage? And uh, the, the quote that Milton Friedman had, which is, uh, I'm going to have that almost every day. We'll see how often um, it's appropriate every day, anyway. And Milton Friedman, great economist, he said, if you put the federal government in charge of the Sahara Desert, in five years, there'd be a shortage of sand. So let's just uh, – we can insert different words. So if you put the federal government in charge of baby formula, in just a few months, there will be a shortage of baby formula, right?
2: (laughs) Well, okay, there was a recall because there was a problem, and that particular production facility was shut down while they figured it out. But at the same time, there's pallets and pallets and pallets of baby formula sitting down at the southern border. Well, And we found out why. Right, it's just the timing is just
1: okay. If you're going to shut down,
2: is it a perfect storm? I guess is what I'm in, where I'm going.
1: Well, and we could take it regarding even energy, uh, shutting down coal-fired clean coal-fired plants uh, that are powering our powering our lives. To your point, if you're going to shut it down, make sure that you have the that amount of power that is available to replace that. Same kind of thing. If you are going to shut down uh, a factory that's making baby formula, well, then get through that. Figure out what's going on and get that back up to manufacturing as soon as possible. And then uh, and what you referenced here was this uh, federal, uh, um, let's see, it was a uh, court case in 1997. And when we talk about the radical activist left playing long ball, this has been going on since the early 90s, if not before. But in the early 90s, after the big um, globalist elites meeting down in Buenos Aires, where they came up with Agenda 20, 2020, I guess it was, uh, that's where we really started to see these policies be, uh, are implemented. But in 1997, a federal district court in California approved the Flores Settlement Agreement, It was after a decade of litigation, and the underlying lawsuit, which was a class action filed on behalf of immigrant children against the Legacy Immigration and uh, Naturalization Services, challenged the conditions of immigrant children in U.S. government custody. And basically what it did is it set forth uh, uh, that uh, the facilities needed to provide basic needs of detained illegal immigrant minors, including age-appropriate food and drink. And so that's one of the reasons why you're seeing all of these pallets of baby formula uh, down there at the uh, border, Steve.
2: Well, again, I, I get we, we we covered that the other day when we first found that uh, the the outcome of that court case is just the timing of it in terms of the back-to-back, you know, the the, the recall that went on here, and it's like, did nobody look ahead? Uh, <laughs> again, there's that word incompetence. One more time.
1: And we're wondering, is is it incompetence or by design? But now in studio with me is Greg Lopez. My gosh, uh, you're a very busy guy. You were t- on just one of the other shows.
6: I was. Thank you for having me, Kim.
1: It's great to have you here. And you are a candidate for governor here in Colorado, Republican candidate. And Greg, I was driving in yesterday, and I'm looking at all of all of these different reports. Colorado's number one in car thefts, number one now in bank robberies. Bank robberies. Um, crime rates are up 28 percent over the last decade. Uh, just was reported that Colorado has uh, now number is uh, falls to number 55 in the annual Best Places to Live report. And I'm I'm thinking about this. I'm like. Colorado is broken.
6: It's in a crisis. I mean, to your point, right? Everything that we see here in our quality of life here in Colorado is in a crisis. And that's happened over the last three and a half years. I mean, I ask people right now, is your quality of life better today than it was four years ago? And their answer is no. You know, Greg, it's changed so much. The Colorado that I moved to, the Colorado that I grew up in, the Colorado that I raised my family is going away. It's vanishing. And it's the numbers show it.
1: And it's because of these radical activist Democrats that now occupy the legislature, uh, occupies the uh, governorship, uh, and and then many of the uh, local and uh, county offices as well. And, Greg, it doesn't have to be like this.
6: No, it doesn't. We can fix this. We can't. You know, and I've been talking to a lot of people, as you know, Kim, I, I talk to Democrats, I talk to an affiliate voters, and... And they agree. All the issues that we face as a state, these aren't political issues. These are people issues. It's impacting our families. It's impacting our kids. It's impacting our our neighborhoods, our communities. And it seems like right now, the leadership that we have are so focused on misguided policies. You know, it was we were talking earlier. They're not making decisions with visionary glasses. They're making decisions based on what they believe is going to be in their best interest for the next six months or the next election cycle. And that's not what governing is all about. Governing is making sure that you can look into the future and to the best of your ability, make decisions that are going to help people, not hurt them.
1: Well, and it's remarkable. I was just thinking about many of the different things that people care about. Just mention crime. My gosh, you can't you can't pursue your happiness if you're concerned about going to the bank, whether or not your car is going to be in the driveway. Uh, it's just, first of all, we've got to have safe communities, and we can fix this.
6: We can. Look, Kim, imagine this for a minute. You're a single mom, and you need your car to take your kids to school or to go buy groceries or to pick them up from daycare. And you come out, and your car's missing. And you don't even know where it is. You don't know whether you're going to get it back in a week or a month. And what condition it'll be. Exactly. Right? And yet, because we're the number one in in the nation of auto thefts, it's because it's no longer a felony. It's now a misdemeanor. And so now we have people that say, well, I kind of like that car. I'm going to take it. And they don't really think about the impacts that it's having on that owner of that vehicle. Mm -hmm. And so this is what I say. You know what? Did our legislatures, these individuals that swore and said to the their constituents i'm going to make good informed decisions to protect you is this really their definition of protecting the the people of colorado i don't think so and i think a lot of people are starting to recognize and i've had people say you know greg we're ready for a change we really need to get colorado back and i'm sensing that people are excited about the election and that they're going to have a new governor
1: uh, we must and we must elect these amazing grassroots candidates that have stepped forward. Uh, Greg Lopez, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we want to continue the conversation. But before we do that, uh, another great sponsor of the show is Kirsch Insurance Group. They're specialists in the Medicare arena government's involved uh, the federal government's involved in medicare so that means it's complicated so it would be great to have professionals on your side of the table doesn't cost you anything uh, but uh, reach out to kirsch insurance group that website is ikirsch.com i-k-i-r-s-c-h.com we'll be right back with greg lopez
3: Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage.
11: Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Get to the range at Franktown Firearms and get your shooting
7: skills back in shape. You consider yourself an experienced shooter, but you haven't been to the range in a while. Remember, defensive shooting skills are perishable. Firing a gun is not like riding a bike. Unless you practice regularly, don't count on your muscle memory to kick in when you need it. The team at Franktown Firearms believes the only difference between a beginner and an expert is practice. They want to give you the certainty that in a fight-or-flight scenario, you won't freeze. Imagine your frustration should you find yourself in the situation where you need to defend yourself or others, and you don't react the way you thought you would. Make sure you can count on your instincts. Sign up for a membership now. Mention KLZ Radio for a discount on your initiation fee. Walk-ins and non-members also welcome. Visit klzradio.com/franktown now. Franktown Firearms. Where friends are made.
1: Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's Kim M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. I'm thrilled to have in studio with me uh, Greg Lopez. He is Republican candidate for governor here in Colorado. And I really think it's these great grassroots candidates uh, and and the grassroots that's going to reclaim the Colorado that we love, Greg Lopez. Because this is not, this is not the place that I moved to that I loved. It it seems like it seems like it's 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 broken. And I know that we can fix it. But you had a little brouhaha yesterday with Kyle Clark. Tell right. us a little bit about that.
6: You know, uh, as you know, I went on the Kyle Clark show about two weeks ago. <laughs> And I thought, you know, that I had made a friend. You know, we had a good conversation. I just, I still think we're friends. We may not de- agree 100 percent on everything. And so, you know, there was a tracker. You know, for those that don't know what trackers are, when you run for governor, the Democrat Party will sometimes pay someone to go to an event and record you or take video of you. And so, uh, someone in, did that. And uh, Kyle wanted to hear a little bit more about my concept. Of an electoral college system for the state of Colorado. And uh, I reached out to him and I said, hey, let's sit down, let's do an interview. I would love to talk about how I think 64 counties need to be clearly represented across the state, specifically by statewide elected officials. And unfortunately, he declined. He didn't want me to be on camera. So he ran with the story. I don't think he clearly understands what I was saying, but you know what, at the end of the day, I'm hopeful, because my invitation still stands, that he will come out to my campaign headquarters and do an interview.
1: Well, this this governor and his administration has had a war on rural Colorado. And so the idea that uh, all 64 counties are represented is very important. I know that you've been, have you been to all 64 counties?
6: I believe so. I'd have to go back and look at my schedule, but yes.
1: Okay. Uh, Let's just uh, talk about uh, some of the other important issues. Uh, Our economy. It looks to me like it's broken. Colorado's inflation rate is higher than the nation's average, and uh, the nation's average is pretty high. So what's your thoughts about inflation?
6: Well, once again, right, you have people in leadership under the Gold Dome that are not really looking at the totality of what's happening to the people of the state of Colorado. You know, the good people of Colorado are struggling with inflation. You know, And yet no one's really talking about even telling the president to – do things differently to open the pipelines to make us more fuel efficient internally you know and so i'm going to tell you it's going to get worse it's going to get worse you know when you look you talked a little bit about the baby formulas not being on the shelves i'm hearing that you know what that's the supply chain and there's going to be even more issues coming through about what you might be able to get in the grocery store and what you might not be able to get in the grocery store you know you, you mentioned rural colorado Out there, they're paying about $4.39 a gallon. You know, and these ranchers are telling me now, Greg, it costs me $120 to fill up my truck just to be able to continue to do my day-to-day excursions. Chores and things that
1: they have to do because rural Colorado feeds Colorado.
6: Right, that's right. uh,
1: The beef industry, um, farming, uh, crops. And uh, when Joe Biden says that there's going to be food shortages instead of telling people there's gonna be food shortages, which they tell us what they're gonna do, uh, it seems like they should be working to try to make sure that doesn't happen. You think?
6: Yes, and but to your point, right? Now the governors, from my perspective, now the governors, and under the Lopez administration, we're gonna look at how do we protect the people of Colorado, right? Encourage farming, encourage ranching, encourage in, uh, fuel independence with all the resources that we have here in the state. Because why is it that we should allow someone in Washington to dictate to us how we're going to live our lives within the state of Colorado? You know, there's a reason why there's a 10th Amendment in the Constitution. It's about states' rights. And people. It goes back to the state and the people. That's right. You know, and so I think we here in Colorado can withstand and we shouldn't be having this high inflationary rate here in Colorado if we had the right policies in place.
1: Well, and uh, it's rules and regulations and taxes. And it just seems like they continue to, to have a chokehold on our small to mid sized businesses. I, I mean, uh, I, I think that, that I think I saw the, the number of 40% of the businesses that were shuttered under the Polis administration aren't coming back here in Colorado.
6: No, they're gone. You know, and those families have lost everything. You know, they're now in debt because, again, in small business, you're not making money hand over fist. You know, you're just trying to make sure that you get a, another level of mobility within your economic economy. ladder. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, and so when you take that away from them, you really don't have anything left. You know, and so it, it really is a sad day here in the state of Colorado. When I talk to people, they're realizing, like we said earlier, Kim, this Colorado that we live in today is not the Colorado that we want. This is not the Colorado that people feel is truly where they want to raise their family. There's a lot of confusion out there. We need to bring Colorado back.
1: We really do need to reclaim the, our, the Colorado that we love. I want to talk a little bit about cost of living here in Colorado. And where what needs to be done is roll back rules, regulations, and taxes. And the Marshall Fire up in Boulder County, uh, we can, it gives us a stark example of these rules and regulations. And uh, these people, as they're trying to rebuild, their homes, Louisville had just passed some of the most onerous, net zero regulations, and it's making it uh, very difficult for people to rebuild. Uh, There are new just uh, regs regarding, um, I I can't remember which bill it was, but it will increase the cost of building a new home, a 2,200 square foot home, by $77,000. Again, that affects the cost of living. And how we make that affordable, I hear people talk about making Colorado affordable. I think what it really is, is we need to address this increase in the cost of living. And it's been government that's caused it.
6: That's true. Look, to your point, right? Some of this added costs have nothing to do with the quality of the house. It has to do, from what I've been told, they want you to put electric charging stations in your house, so that you are forced to have an electoral an electric vehicle, right? And so you're paying for something that you that, don't want, or you don't have, or you don't. Ha- and think <laughs> how expensive those cars are. Exactly right. And so to your point, you got individuals that are making these decisions that they believe that it's a utopia. And they're not really touching with the uh, daily lives of individuals. You know, you add another 70000 onto the construction of a house, you've just increased that mortgage by at least three to $400. You know, and they're not looking at that. And so, you know, when you, we look at these decisions, it's unfortunate that a lot of elected officials have forgotten that what they need to do is go out there and listen to their constituents, talk to them don't just say well it sounds good to me so if it sounds good to me then it must be good for everybody because we all have different lifestyles we all have different incomes we all have different challenges in life and really what we want to do as a government is remove government from the daily lives of individuals and allow people just to live their colorado dream
1: right yeah if colorado is little the individual is big that's right if uh, government is uh, big then the individual is little. And the American idea is is that the individual could be big. So that segues into the next couple of things I wanted to ask you about. And I guess we need to stay on task because we'll take call-ins here in just a few minutes. That number is 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. I want to hear what's on your radar. If you have questions for Greg, he's agreed to answer those. But freedom, and that is personal freedom, healthcare freedom. I was a little late to the party on this whole vaccine thing. Some moms had reached out to me in 2019 and said, take a look at this piece of legislation. And I'd been busy and it took me a couple of weeks to read it. And once I read it, that's where we get the soundbite that we run every Thursday is I looked at it and I realized that this piece of legislation was giving unelected bureaucrats um, the power in the future to dictate what we put in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And I saw that the great risk. That was before COVID. But You, of all the candidates, I think, have really been the one at the forefront uh, regarding medical freedom, personal freedom.
6: Yes, look, and this is what I tell people, the legislation, right? When you hear Kyle Clark or the media or others say, hey, look at the legislation, they use those little sound bites that make it sound really great. It's really gonna help us, right? But when you read the language, when you actually read the language of the bill, that's when you find out what is their true intent. And there is a dark agenda, and you know, and people should be able to ascertain, you know, how they're going to take care of their individual lives and whether it's their health as it pertains to government should never say you must force a needle in your arm in order for you to be able to live you the talk, American dream.
1: You talk about I remember Nancy uh, Reagan, the war against drugs, and said, you know, just say no. Mm-hmm. Who's the biggest drug dealer right now in in America? Yeah, it's government.
6: It is, you know, because they're forcing us and telling us we must, right? Or you're going to lose your lifestyle. You're going to lose your job, or you're not going to be able to provide for your family unless you actually do what we tell you to do. That's not what America is about. And then also, the, I think,
1: kind of the dis disingenuine. I, 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 I'm going to say dishonesty. Right. The dishonesty in the reporting.
6: Yes. You know they spin the numbers, right? They spin the. It's interesting, right? They they're still reporting the numbers on COVID. Why aren't they reporting the numbers on the death of fentanyl? Good point. You know, I mean, if we're going to be honest about what's hurting our communities and what's hurting our our uh, everyday individuals' lives, why aren't they reporting that? Right. You know, and so to your point, right? We got to look at it in its totality, and the governor's not talking about any of these issues because. He's focused on being president of the United States. He's not focused on what's going on in Colorado. Well,
1: and quickly, before we – I hope that it's here. Patty normally has this on here, so I've got to see where she has it. But uh, here we go. And we're going to go to break. In studio with me is Greg Lopez. And we've seen uh, Polis is trying to – um, say that he's somewhat of a libertarian and he's moving to the middle. And I think that's I think that the polls must show that there's risk because he's putting a whole bunch of his own money into the campaign. And then the Democrat Governors Association is I think putting four or 5 million. So I think he thinks he's at risk. But remember this, when uh, Polis tries to make it look like he cares about you, remember early on in COVID, all those signs that said, if you're out and about, you wanna kill somebody basically. It says, stay home, save a life. Uh, Remember the dad that was in the park with the family that was arrested. The mask mandates, he used a bad word and said, if you don't wear the mask mandates, then you're a blah, blah. Uh, Let's see. He did an executive order that mandated all businesses uh, to reduce in-person workforce by 50 percent, uh, non-essential versus essential businesses. Landlords ha- had a limited ability to evict a tenant. So we need to – there's a whole – oh, contract trace, or contact tracing. Mm-hmm. There was that. So anyway, we can't forget what uh, these people did.
6: No. And, uh, you know, and the governor, to add to that, he was telling the children, take the vaccine and don't tell your parents. Think about that think about that just think about that
1: okay greg lopez we're going to go to break you've agreed to stay here for phone calls 303-477-5600 303-477-5600 we want to hear from you we'll be right back
0: medical freedom patient choice and informed consent are all staples of comprehensive health care you'll find exactly that at roots medical located in the denver tech center offering specialties in hormones thyroid gut health detox and covid recovery Functional, comprehensive, primary health care. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roots Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom.
10: Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no obligation initial consultation at ThreePointsFinancial.com. That's ThreePointsFinancial.com.
4: All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of The Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's KimMunson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com.
1: And welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Uh, check out our website. That's KimMunson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice as we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And uh, give us a call, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. In studio with me is Greg Lopez. He is a Republican candidate for governor Mm -hmm. here in Colorado. And, Greg, uh, it's so interesting where people will say, "Oh, we want to win. This candidate can't win. This candidate can't win." I'm convinced that where Colorado is now is that it is the grassroots that will reclaim Colorado because there are Republicans that have reached so far across the aisle that they're standing on the other side of the aisle. And, uh, so we must get behind these grassroots candidates. The ballots for the primary are going to go out here in just a couple of weeks. That's right. And so how how do you plan to win the governorship of Colorado?
6: You know, one of the things that I truly have faith in, Kim, is the people. And the more I go out there and I talk to people, and I go into all communities. I go into, I, you know, I was at the Cinco de Mile Festival. I walked the Martin Luther King Parade. I'm out there in different neighborhoods just having a conversation. And people are saying, look, we no longer want the rich elitist controlling us and telling us how we should live our lives, how we should what we should teach our children, how we should live every single aspect of our work environment and so forth. And so they really are looking for someone that they can connect with, someone that truly understands their challenges. And that's what a grassroots candidate is all about. You know, a grassroots candidate is not someone that is looking for a higher office. They're not looking for uh, to win a popularity contest. They're looking to represent their their the people, the people, right? And I'm what a an
1: American idea. I know <laughs> <laughs> such a novel idea.
6: Yeah. And I'm a servant leader. Look, I my track record as mayor, as a, a Denver Hispanic Chamber of Commerce president as a former director of the United States Small Business Administration, clearly shows that I'm always trying to fight for the poor, fight for the middle-class families, fight for our kids to be able to get a good education so they can live the Colorado dream.
1: Okay. You well know, that makes a lot of sense. The uh, phone lines are lighting up. We've got Mark in Black Forest. Mark in Black Forest, what's on your radar?
3: Good
12: morning.
4: Um, I wanted to ask... Um, If, um, Greg Lopez, are you doing anything special in Pueblo uh, in your campaign? I I think um, it's fair to say that Pueblo votes Democrat traditionally.
6: Yes. You know, we're going to be spending more time in Pueblo. If you drive down Pueblo, down Main Street and on uh, Central City streets, you'll see some of our signs already up there. You know, we're going to be going down there and having a conversation with some of the community leaders about what their struggles are. So we are going to be down there. Pueblo is a very important uh, aspect to the state.
1: Uh, Mark, any other comments?
6: Uh, No, thank you.
1: Okay, thank you so much, Mark and Black Forest. Bill in North Glen, Bill in North Glen, what's on your radar?
12: Uh, Well, question for Greg. I mean, this uh, existing governor has passed so many executive orders. I'm assuming when you get in there, you will repeal every blasted one of them.
6: That's true, I will. Hopefully they're not one. still in place, but to your point, I think he's already issued over 500.
12: Yeah, and they, they need to come off. Yes. We need to move to a point where the uh, legislature puts laws in place. It's not the governor's job to dictate law by executive order. Um, I would also uh, wanted to find out what's your opinion on this uh, setback requirement for oil drilling. Uh, They basically did an end-round-around, what was it, Amendment 12, I believe, uh, for setbacks, and then the legislature went and rammed it through. Would
6: you advocate the repeal of that? I would. Look, here's the thing, and you're absolutely correct, and I'm so glad you're bringing it up, because this is what people need to remember. The true character of our governor really surfaced when the people of Colorado, through the ballot box, said, leave the setbacks alone. We voted and said, leave them alone. And sure enough, he was while he was running for office, he was letting everybody to believe that he wasn't going to touch it. And then he gets sworn in, and sure enough, within 60 days, he's working with the legislature to increase them. That killed our oil and gas industry. That killed a lot of families' livelihoods out there in Weld County and Garfield County across the state. And so that really tells you he's not interested in the voice of the people. He's interested in what he wants to achieve.
1: Good point on that, Bill. And uh, and uh, and also, we talk about it all the time. Reliable, efficient, affordable, and abundant energy is really what fuels uh, people moving up the economic ladder uh, and, and into the middle class. Bill, any other thoughts?
12: Well, my other concern is with the shutdown of all these uh, coal plants are closing one down in southern Colorado here. Our uh, power uh, costs in the state of Colorado are just going through the roof with these mandates that... XL has to produce X number of percentage of their power from, you know, quote, renewable resources. I'm assuming you would advocate that we go back to uh, coal and potentially to nuclear?
6: Yes. You know, a lot of people don't understand that we have some of the cleanest coal in the nation. And a lot of people don't even know that we have a nuclear plant right here in Colorado that they decommissioned. But a lot of people don't even know that. And when I do talk to people about if you want clean energy, how about we use nuclear? And they're like, I don't know about that, Greg. It's like, well, it's the cleanest form of energy you could ever have. You know, but we must. And it's efficient. And it's efficient, Mm -hmm. right? But we must not just throw away something that we know truly helps every Coloradan out there, and that's fossil fuels when it comes to gas. And so when we talk about energy, and you're so correct, you know. The Public Utility Commission is doing some decisions and regulations. They're looking to do a line, just if a lot of people don't know this, a line from Pueblo all the way down to uh, Adams County through Elbert County through rural Colorado. And this line is the most powerful electrical line, the most – carries the most voltage. And they're starting to take land away from the people out in rural Colorado. And they're going to shut down that plant down in Puebla, like you said. That's one of them that they're looking to shut down. So you've got to ask yourself, why are they doing these things?
1: Good question, and Bill, I'm I'm going to jump in here because you asked the question about executive orders, but uh, Polis wants to make it look like he's not making that decision, but he's putting people in those bureaucracies that are making those decisions. Uh, and uh, how will you roll those bureaucracies back? And Bill, uh, let me uh, just acknowledge you. Is there anything else you want to say before Greg answers that question?
12: That that was my next question. We need to get these moved from executive orders to laws, because every time we change administrations, we have these shifts either to the left or to the right, depending upon who's in there. The whole idea of the legislature is to dictate how we'll operate, not the governor, not the president.
1: Okay, thanks so much, Bill and Okay. So all of these bureaucracies, and these are unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats, that they're there long after electeds are out of office. Uh, how would you address that, Greg well,
6: Lopez? Kim, I tell everybody, the most powerful people in government are not the elected officials. It's the bureaucrats. These are the individuals that are writing the rules and the regulations. However, the governor has a... Sacred responsibility to ensure that his team, because they all fall under the executive office, they all funder, uh, fall under his umbrella, that he is making sure that they're not putting rules and regulations that are handcuffing small business or making life harder for the people of Colorado. Yet he is silent. He is silent on all those. So, you know. They're doing what he's telling them to well, do. Yes, right. And then he tries to hide behind them and say, well, it's not me.
1: I know it. I know it. Would you uh, would you reduce the the? Um...
6: Oh yes, I can tell you right now. Uh, Dora, the De- uh, the Department of Regulatory Agencies, and the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, they are out of control. All these regulations that they're putting in place, they are not interested in making sure that the quality of life of people that live in Colorado is enhanced. They're taking away the happiness and the pursuit of happiness too many families.
1: So need to reduce yep. the, that, uh, those regulations sure. in there. Yep. For sure. So, okay, we have 30 minutes left. How would you like to button this up? And uh, it's now crunch time. It people is. need to step forward and help.
6: Right. And so, so here's what I tell people, look, go to my website, Lopez, 2022.com. Read more about me. There's a great new uh, video that we just put up there that I truly believe it's going to help others, non-affiliate voters and other Democrats to fully understand who I am. You know, make a contribution, let people know we're 46 days away from June 28th, which is the primary. I'm running for governor, that's true, but I'm applying for a job. So interview us. Make sure you understand who it is that you're voting for. Greg Lopez,
1: thank you so much for being in studio.
6: You bet. And
1: our quote for the end of the show is from Alexis de Tocqueville. He says, Democracy and socialism have nothing in common but one word, equality. But notice the difference. While democracy seeks equality and liberty... Socialism seeks equality in restraint and servitude. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.